Today, I want to talk about social anxiety. Hi, this is Dr. Friedman, and you're watching Empowerment Solutions. For more than 20 years, I've been helping people to overcome fear and anxiety, or as I like to say, to outgrow their emotional challenges. And today I want to talk about social anxiety, something that's very prevalent in our society. And I want to share with you three ways on how you can hack, overcome your social anxiety. You will learn how to no longer feel the need for approval from others, how to no longer feel the fear of rejection, and how to identify and address what's really underneath the social anxiety, that what has caused it in the first place. Now, what is social anxiety? Well, basically, it's that you always worry about doing something stupid, embarrassing yourself, or like blushing, sweating, or blurting out something no one finds funny, that in the end makes you feel that people criticize you, think badly about you, judge you, and once you leave, talk behind your back. When you have social anxiety, there is a constant conflict inside of you that on the one hand, you want to go out, you want to connect, you're a social animal, and ideally you want to get some sense of fitting in or some approval from others. And on the other hand, you're really afraid of getting criticized or thought badly about. And so you're constantly in a push-pull. You're not alone when you're dealing with social anxiety. It's very common. About 12% of American adults are dealing with social anxiety at some point in their lives. So chances are that the people you're worried about, that they judge you, are also dealing with social anxiety. The other day, a client of mine said something which I found was really funny because it was exactly what I thought as well when I was little. And he said that since he is eight years old, he has been dealing with social anxiety, which started with this idea that his parents had been paying all those people, all those playmates off so that they would hang out with him. Because in the end, no one would really want to spend time with him. And that is something I thought too, which is kind of funny, and maybe you can relate to this, that social anxiety can start very early when we are simply asking ourselves, who are we? And more importantly, who do we need to be in order to be liked? Now, evolutionary social anxiety is certainly something that has been passed down through the generations, because when we lived in huts and in caves, it was really important for us to belong to the tribe and as a community together uh, to protect each other from whatever dangers they were coming uh, to us from the outside. Now, nowadays, it may not feel as a matter of survival on whether you belong to a tribe or not, but it's still something that we feel intrinsically uncomfortable with when others reject us. But what really happens when we do have social anxiety is that we are looking at other people and wonder whether they can give us what we really want, which is approval, which is a sense of being accepted. And by wanting this from them, 
we give our power away. And that is really important to see from, you know, that point of view that when you give your power away to others, you ultimately become powerless. And this is the first step to overcome social anxiety, to ask yourself on whether you want to be responsible for feeling that feeling that others' approvals or acceptance give you, whether you want to feel good about yourself because of yourself, or if you want to always put this on others to do it for you. And giving your power away is ultimately something that makes you dependent all your life. Someone said that this social anxiety is like wanting to have the coin, the coin that people maybe put into your head that you're holding up there, please like me. And that coin has two sides. It has a side that we want, which is the approval. And it also has the other side, which is what we are afraid of, which is the negative opinion, the criticism, the rejection. So as long as you want that coin, you will always have to deal with both. You will always be more susceptible to the side that likes you or those people that may not really feel so keen about you. So being aware that there is a choice to make. Do I want to keep the power inside of me? And do I want to be in a place where I take responsibility for how I feel about myself? Is the starting point to no longer feel so dependent on other people's opinion about you? Now, how do you overcome that need to get approval from others? Ask yourself simply, what can I do for them? Because when you want approval, you ask yourself, what can they do for me? How can they make me feel better about myself? So what can I do for them doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to buy their groceries or carry their bags. What I can do for them means what is my contribution to this connection, to this social interaction? What can I bring to the table that is intrinsically valuable? And when you really think about it, you could say, well, maybe I have no idea what that is, because I always tried to just fit in and adapt and somehow guess how people want me to be. Maybe they want me to be just the, the laughing bystander that gives them a good feeling when they have a joke, or maybe I was supposed to be the one who's always nodding and agreeing and avoiding any conflict or the one who's asking good questions. Who knows what you thought, what role you needed to play in order for you to feel less anxious and more accepted. So ask yourself, what is it actually what you, just you authentically, can bring to any kind of social interaction, to any kind of relationship? And you may wonder, hmm, I have to find that out, but how do I do that? If you're dealing with social anxiety, chances are that your superpower is sensitivity. And what sensitivity is, is not being vulnerable and weak and starting to feel that anything that people do or say you take personally, that's the defensive part of sensitivity. That's when we are using sensitivity to somehow protect ourselves. 
Sensitivity is a heightened awareness. And with a heightened awareness, you can be very aware of how other people may be uncomfortable with themselves, how they are hiding behind the masks of being overly cool or confident, and how you can tap into their need to be accepted or appreciated. With your sensitivity, you can simply choose to ease those around you by being yourself. And that is what I find most of my clients with social anxiety are realizing that A, most people are anxious and somewhat feeling not good enough about themselves, and B, accepting them for who they are and just giving them a sense of, I'm real, so you can be real with me. Let's be authentic together. Let's just talk about maybe the things that are a little bit more deep and more important. All of those things can really just create an energy of relaxation, a feeling of, oh, I can be safe with this person because this person is just him or herself, and I have no need to pretend or posture. That may be the gift that you can bring to others. I have so many clients that when they were willing to start to talk about their insecurities or anxieties, it was almost as if everyone around them relaxed and was starting to open up and say, wow, thank you for sharing because that's exactly what I'm feeling. And, and the relationships that were maybe just grounded and having a good time and shooting the breeze, all of a sudden became real supportive and more meaningful connections. That's just one example of what you can bring to the table. It can also be that you just make people feel seen and not just ignored. When you go out into a group and you see, oh, wow, this person is probably feeling also anxious and maybe like the wallflower that never really feels anyone is interested in what they have to say, pick that person and pick that person up and make that person feel seen and heard and valuable. That can be how you feel you make a contribution, where you turn the tables and say, I have so much to give. I don't really have to ask for a lot in return. Now, of course, you may be thinking, well, nice and great suggestion to go out there, be real, authentic, be curious about others, make them feel good. But what about my fear of rejection? It's not just about wanting to have approval. You also don't want to be criticized and rejected. So what are we going to do about that? The fear of rejection is something that, again, comes right with that need to get something in return, positive feedback. You don't want to have negative feedback. But when you really think about what you do when you're afraid of rejection is that you put more stake on the opinion of others than onto yourself. And that is absolutely unreasonable to do. And there's a reason why. Because we cannot see anyone for who they are. When you are looking at other people, all you see is what you are allowing yourself to see consciously and subconsciously. And that is only a fraction of the truth of that person. When you judge someone, you usually judge people based on your own experiences, your own filters, 
your own projections and not because this is really who they are. I mean, how many times did you see someone and you just didn't like them because they reminded you of someone that maybe wasn't liked uh, nice to you or someone, you know, a sibling that tortured you? And how many times were you judged, not for anything you did or anything that you are, but because someone was projecting their ideas of you onto you? We all are running around with these filters. We don't really see very clearly. It would be overwhelming to see every detail and the entire truth of everyone around us. We just couldn't handle it. So our mind and its wisdom has installed all those little programs and filters that are generalizing and distorting and often deleting information. And so it's all just a made-up version of reality. So you cannot take any judgment from others personally because it has 99% of the times to do with them and nothing with you. And that is also vice versa. When you judge someone, really hold yourself back and say, well, I actually don't know. I only have my own interpretation of what I see. And that is all on me and not really on that person. And that sets you free because in the end, it's your life. It's your path. It's your choice to live it in the most fulfilling way and always wondering how to avoid something like criticism or rejection certainly stifles you and certainly doesn't allow you to explore and expand into who you are. So remember, you don't have to take anybody's opinion personally. And the best way to practice this is not only to have this mantra inside, which is perception is projection, which basically means whatever we see is only a fraction of the truth. It is also wonderful to when you get the feedback that you're not totally appreciated, liked, or someone actually does reject you or make even fun of you, that you're embracing it and that you're saying, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to practice to not let it in, to remind myself that's their opinion, to grow a thicker skin. It is a wonderful opportunity to even make yourself deliberately a little bit foolish and, you know, go to a grocery store and ask if they are selling the refrigerator and people look at you as if you're crazy or go to a pizza store uh, and go to a, to a furniture store and ask for a pizza. The point is just that when you are realizing I actually get looked at is if there is something wrong with me or I am actually blushing and people may see my moment of insecurity as something to judge and the world is still spinning and I'm still okay and I still can still, you know, feel good and at peace with myself. You desensitize yourself from that fear that in the end as I said, is really unreasonable to have. Now, you may have been eye rolling since I've been talking because you tell yourself, well, not needing other people's approval and not being afraid of rejection is too good to be true because I actually don't like myself. I have no confidence. So how can I not take other people's opinion personally? And you're absolutely right. The core of social anxiety is not how you relate to others, but it's how you relate to yourself. 
And that is what you really need to focus on. So how can you know what caused inside of you this anxiety around other people? There are two ways to find that out. One is to really go back in time and think about when this all started. When did you feel for the first time that this natural desire to play with others, to connect, to learn to know each other, got somehow shaken up? Maybe there were friends that all of a sudden turned their back on you and made you feel like, you know, you don't matter anymore. Or maybe you were saying something in class and the whole class were starting to laugh at you and you have no idea why that happened. Or maybe your favorite sibling, when, once that person became teenager, just started to put you down or tease you or maybe even ignore you. There may have been moments where your way of connecting to others got put into question. And that is what you want to write down. What happened? And then imagine that there are still some confusions and questions inside of you around this time. Am I really stupid? What I said, was it really laughable? Or did these friends find out something about me that I don't know? Am I really not a good friend? Do I deserve to be ignored or betrayed? And then imagine what you would answer to those questions. If you would be, you know, like coming back from the future, talking to this younger self in those situations, what would you say? How would you comfort and uplift that younger self? For example, a client of mine had exactly that happen twice in middle school, that he said something that was actually really smart, but the whole class, including the teacher, starting to laugh at his answer. And when we revisited this, it was obvious that his answer was really smart and clever, very creative. And it was a positive laughing, not a negative laughing. And realizing that he is a clever, creative young man who actually has a lot to offer, made his younger self way feel better and his adult self also much more open to put himself out there. So really try to set the record straight with yourself and realize that the past is always an open book that you can go back to, that you can learn from, but that you can also rewrite the story and not turn it against you, but make it something for you. And the second way to find out what's deep inside of you causing the social anxiety is to listening to your thoughts and maybe even writing down. When I think my friends or these people are judging me, I think they are seeing or thinking dot, dot, dot. And then you find out, again, these vulnerabilities <clears throat> and insecurities that may have held you back and that may have been something that you haven't rectified for yourself. See, let's say you are a beautiful, beautiful singer and you know it, you have an amazing voice. And then someone would say, ah, I think you're singing out of tune. They would just say what? Whatever, I don't believe a word of what you're saying because you are convinced of it. But if someone says, mm, I think you're a little boring, that person may not even say it. You just think that they think that about you and it hurts you. 
while on some level you do believe that this is true. So whatever you imagine people could judge you for or you're afraid to be judged for, it is something that you believe to be true. And so find out what are those limiting beliefs and then turn them around. Really realize that those beliefs are a choice and you can always find enough evidence for the opposite belief to be true. Whether you think you're uninteresting, there is a whole list of things you can find that make you interesting. You're curious. You went through a lot in life. You have been reading a lot. You have been always very open-minded. Whatever those things are, just write them down to again set that belief straight. In the end, spend time really learning to know yourself, connecting with yourself in a way that comes from appreciation and ultimately love, so that you feel your foundation of self is solid. People with social anxiety ultimately want to build themselves on other people's opinions. It's like building a, you know, a house on quicksand. Because opinions come and go. People come and go in life, but the only person who is steady is you. And that person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. With that person, you want to have a good and really solid and appreciative relationship. And if you have been working on yourself, seeing yourself as someone who makes a contribution, realizing I don't have to be liked by everyone just as I don't like everyone, but I can certainly be curious and open to see what that relationship brings, that sets you free. So overcoming social anxiety is not a simple one, two, three trick pony. It is something that ultimately is an opportunity to deepen that connection with yourself. Take advantage of it. But of course, you may feel that social anxiety is something that is so overwhelming and so difficult for you to deal with that you cannot do it on your own. So please ask for help. Look for a professional. Connect to people that can offer you specific individualized plans on how to really grow beyond this challenge. You don't have to live or just cope with anxiety. You can always go beyond it. 